Hello, and welcome to the 38th episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Cher. And we are your Queen Bees. Once again, it's been a bit of time since we re-recorded. Listen, it's the summer. We've been really busy. And actually, we both had rescheduled on each other this time. Yeah, I was actually really happy when you were like, hey, I need to reschedule because I feel like it's been me needing to reschedule a lot lately. And so it really pleased me when your flight was delayed and it was you that had to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah. I was on the tarmac for four hours. They did not let us off the plane. It, I mean, United Airlines, I'm never flying them again. Just like a tiny complaint corner about it. <laughs> um, so it started out on a bad note because they have this new thing where if you can like book, it like looks like you're picking the cheapest fare, which of course mm-hmm. I always do. Like I'm not flying business class yeah. ever. So I picked the cheapest fare, which like apparently does not come with a carry-on bag. <laughs> oh, oh, that like oh yeah 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 they're um like express yeah. fare or whatever. Yeah, it basically is like instead of like mileage plus, it's like mileage minus. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's basically <laughs> you know, it's like, like you're lucky to be here. Frankly, like <laughs> we, we should make you stand in the aisles <laughs> yeah. like cattle. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I get an email after I booked my flight and they were like, oh, like, did you know that you booked this other kind of fare? And I'm like, no, I didn't. And so then I had to take a survey of like, how obvious was it that you were like booking this other kind of fare? And I'm like, not obvious at all. So anyway, but I sort of was like, I didn't care enough to like, try to call united and change it mm-hmm. or to like cancel my flight and rebook my flight so i was just like whatever like i can check my bag once in my life yeah but anyway Wait, there was like a flew missing- home like with a carry-on bag oh yeah i never ever check ever oh my god but like what about your liquids i don't i don't bring big liquids okay ever that. Like what? Like what liquids are you bringing? I don't know. Like even when like I flew, booze? no. Okay. <laughs> when I flew for your wedding, I checked a bag because I was like, I want to bring all the makeup and hairspray that I want to bring, and I don't want to worry about it. Which I guess I could have. I mean, I might have been able to make that work, but I just, I didn't want to worry. I just wanted to have all the lipstick I wanted. But like lipstick is not a liquid. I didn't know. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I don't and think I didn't that want that them counts. to take my lipstick. And I don't think any of your lipsticks are larger than like a hundred no, milliliters. It's, like, I mean, it's just a lot of stuff that adds up. And I was like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I ever am sort of like, oh darn, is like my favorite perfume that I have is in a roller, mm-hmm. and I know it's less than a hundred milliliters, but it doesn't say on it. Mm. And I've had stuff taken away before just because it was unlabeled. That's ridiculous. So, or it's like I have this much left in something, but it's like labeled with a lot, la- like a large milliliter thing, and they take that away. But yeah, no, I just my like family kind of shames us into always carrying on, and I, that's really stuck with me. Yeah, I mean, I almost always do, but it just gets it gets a little stressful when you're trying to deal with liquids. I think. I also think I'm not really 
ever bringing that much back and forth anymore either because largely I have like I at, at my parents house like I have a moisturizer I have yeah, sunscreen that's true like I have all of that stuff so it's not really necessary for me to worry yeah but I also have like tons of travel size stuff if I had to bring yeah that's true it, I don't know but anyway yeah so that sucked hate you united don't sponsor us because we don't want you <laughs> anti-sponsor you yeah exactly well and i've been in the throes of moving yes which how is your place it's really nice um, this is my first view of it this tiny postage stamp yeah. view of it i've got two windows so are you in your room oh my god that's yeah. a huge change Look. oh wow yeah two whole yes windows. yeah like bright as could be i know um, I have You'll wake with the sun. I know. I've been waking up earlier than usual because I'm not used to having the sun there. I'm like, so I have gotten some curtains. Um, but yeah, everything's, we're still very much in the nascent stages where it's like we've unpacked our stuff, but we need to like finish making it a home. Like I need well, to figure out. Well, I mean, out. it's very early. Yeah. And I'm still like in the market for a dresser. So it's like, I don't want to fully hang up a bunch of pictures. Like I have a pretty big blank wall up right across from my bed that I have been avoiding doing anything with because I that would be where I would put my dresser so I don't want to would you put a tv no I don't think so yeah that's like kind of the only thing I can think of with a blank wall yeah I thought about doing like a gallery wall on it but again like I just don't know how much room a dresser will take up so let me also give you a piece of advice about gallery walls (laughs) they get so crooked so fast like you saw the one at our old apartment at this apartment we ended up hanging none of them together and they're all separate because i'm like i can't deal with that gallery wall again (laughs) not doing it no and especially since we like had to use the stick on things for this apartment (laughs) like not even pin pin hooks um oh i also just want to give you a heads up because this is a classic share move. I, this week was like, you know what? Like you have like four days that you don't have anything going on. And the least you could do is like actually like meal plan well and have like mm-hmm. good dinners for four days. <laughs> and so I have Chrissy Teigen's cookbook. Oh my God. Cravings. I don't know if you know that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has this recipe for scalloped potatoes which is one of my favorite foods and I'm like oh Brennan would love that too so I did not I failed I bought all the ingredients and failed to recognize that it's a three hour process to make this dish so I started it and then I was like shit like it's like I started at probably 6 30 and I'm like we won't be eating this until 10 yeah (laughs) um so and like because you have to peel like 100 potatoes oh. and like it like i mean it's a huge ordeal anyway so they're in the oven now for another hour and a half <laughs> and brendan and i had annie's mac and cheese Perfect. so at some point if we're on here for more than an hour and a half you will hear my oven and i will <laughs> have to go get those out of there but anyway i look forward to it yeah I also was at a family wedding this weekend that um, took up some time of mine. I've been driving all day back into the Maryland area. Um, You'll all be happy to know that peak, you know, drunk Audrey was achieved in that um, during the bouquet toss, 
I took oh offense to them using the song Single Ladies. And yeah, I, I told them specifically at my wedding to not use it because you told me you took offense. Yeah, and I uh, threw a middle my finger wedding planner toward the was DJs. Like, <laughs> what? I said, and I threw a middle finger toward the DJs. Oh my god. Which I, Did you like, catch it though? No, I didn't. My, fa- my new favorite thing to do with the bouquet toss is to pick someone that I am like angling to catch it. Like at your wedding, I was trying to get Mary-Kate to do it. My 18-year-old sister. <laughs> I, I went up to her and I was like, I want this for you. <laughs> Mary-Kate's like, I don't even want this She's for like, me. She's like, no, no, no. And I was like, come on, like, I'm going to, we're going to get it for you. Um, so I, I chose my cousin Frankie's girlfriend. Um, I was like, Sydney, it's all you. Like, it's happening. Did she get it? She didn't. It was somebody else. Oh, um, I have caught a bouquet and I was engaged the next year. So I believe in that shit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Um, but yeah. Like, literally a year later, I was engaged. I also was, like, drunk with power as well because the DJs were very willing to take suggestions. And, like, they would play your suggestion next. And so it was, Wow, like, that is oh. instant gratification. And also, like, this is a wedding. Like, I was up there Didn't they have a playlist they wanted? No, I mean, oh, like, my family tends to be pretty chill about that kind of stuff. And so it was, I mean, I was up there as soon as I had an idea. I would be like, Kendrick Lamar, humble, go. And they'd be like, all right. Dancing queen, ABBA. <laughs> yeah, no, I was in one of those moods where I was like, we're playing the rap songs now from my high school experience. Um, and I'm very I mean, that's, sore. That's a mood. Because I was <laughs> <laughs> dropping it low, as I want to do. Oh, God. Remember when we did that? Was it Lauren's birthday or your birthday one year? Like, both of us did it many a time. We were at Mission, of course. Oh, yep, yep, yep. I do remember that. Well, and then I remember being really sore before Annie's wedding because I'd been doing, like, squats or something at the gym. And I was like, well, maybe this will keep me higher up. It didn't. It did not. I powered through the pain. Um, yeah, you gotta. As always. You gotta. Um, well, Audrey, you also have some big news. So I know. I'm, share it with the group. I'm now gainfully employed as an English teacher, which is very exciting. Um, I'm really looking Those forward. kids are so damn lucky. <laughs> they don't even, like, Thank I you. just can't wait until you become an icon of all these children. <laughs> All of my fantasies are like, um, like, have you ever seen Mona Lisa smile? Yeah, 800 years ago. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, the fantasy of being like the, the like, subversive teacher. Yeah, she plays a real witch with a B. Okay. Um, it's Julia Roberts in it? Yeah. But okay, she, yes, yeah, she's like I have the main teacher. This. Is this a romantic comedy? It's not, I wouldn't say. I don't know. It's, like, a weird – it was, like, basically I think they were trying to make, like, the female Dead Poets Society. Okay. I was just going to add it to my list of romantic comedies, but turns out (laughs) I can't. But I just – I love the idea, though, of, like, the new edgy teacher that everyone really likes, but then, you know, only lasts a year. I was like, well, maybe that – I shouldn't be really angling for that. It's, like, a little – get a little more longevity in there. Um (laughs) – but. No, I think you're going to be great. I think – I can't think of any teacher movies right now, but mm-hmm. when I do think of who you'll be – oh, no, you won't be that. Sorry. Quentin's trying to FaceTime me. No. 
buzz off Quentin. She's FaceTiming me. So I'm busy. Um, um, but yeah, I, I was going to say Miss Honey from Matilda. Oh my gosh. Though, at all. <laughs> I'm like, nice teacher, nice teacher. <laughs> um, um, you know, but I've been reading, doing some of the reading for my 11th graders and they're reading Catcher in the Rye. My favorite. So I'm very, you know, excited to teach them that, you know, He's, Holden. This boy is trash. Has, has an appeal that I understand. <laughs> But you should run from a boy like that. Yeah, and and just just to remember that, you know, I feel like any high school boy though, it's like no, like because I'm reading another book that the ninth graders are going to be reading, and like the boyfriend is like kind of on paper he seems good, but at the same time I keep writing dump him in the margins. So I think I'm just suspicious of all teenage relationships. I'm like, I don't trust I mean, these girls to be picking anyone be. for themselves. You should be. I mean, I think with, with Catcher in the Rye, I think every girl's dream is to be the Jane oh, in yeah. Holden's fantasy. Like that I think is what is so appealing about Holden Caulfield is that there could be this complicated damaged boy mm-hmm. who has idolized you from afar for years oh a hundred percent and that is like I, there's nothing better that fantasy first like popped into my radar when i was in the first grade like the idea of <laughs> <laughs> like i remember like enjoying the idea of other people looking at you like with admiration but you not knowing it you know like i used to like yeah fantasize like oh yeah like everyone here thinks I'm beautiful like as a first grader (laughs) it's those Disney movies they're teaching us bad values they like me in secret (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um yeah well I can't I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that book Mm-hmm. this time around because you say, you never liked it no but I liked it a lot more as an adult and I think it was because like in high school when I read it the first time I had like little to no sympathy for Holden and like what his whole deal like the as like a ninth grader I was like this guy is annoying he keeps contradicting himself and then as a senior I felt like I kind of had to stick to my guns about because I also liked that I didn't like it, you know, because it's such a classic. Yeah, because you were controversial. Yeah, and I was like, this is, like, cool that I have, like, a different opinion. Um, but, yeah, I think I found Holden annoying, whereas this time reading it, I, like, he was, like, a little Elio. Like, I just wanted to put him in my pocket and keep him yeah. safe. And I, I think, I bet if I read it again, I would feel motherly towards him. Yeah. Like, I think I would feel, like, you know, this poor boy just need like, kind of how I feel about the um, juvenile delinquents that I would watch mm-hmm. in court, where I'm just like, all you need is a good role model and yeah. less time on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> it was also um, funny um, because the copy that I had used to belong to a student, and so I really loved reading some of the notes that she had placed in the margins. Like oh she God, yes. bracketed an entire paragraph about um, him describing Sally like walking around in in her like skating skirt, and she bracketed God, it and I wrote love Sally. Ho. 
and I about died. <laughs> is that your oven? Yeah, it has not been an hour and a half, though. <laughs> Hold on one second. Hey, Brendan. <laughs> God. I'm going to text him. For God's sakes. Like, he's, <laughs> he's 15 feet away from me, but he has his headphones on, I'm sure. Is Brendan happy to have you back? Yes. We, like, have – we've been having a great time. That's great. Together. Um Oh, you know what? I bet that was our dishwasher. Oh, good call. Okay, I just texted him, can you please check the potatoes? And he just wrote back, Z, 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 Z. Like he's sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, B. God. I said, hey, can you check the potatoes? And then he just wrote, what do you want me to do? I'm like, check the potatoes. (laughs) Look at that. (laughs) Oh, dear Hey. Hey, sorry. Um, I just heard a beep, and I just want to make sure it wasn't the oven telling me that my p- potatoes exploded. God bless them. Yeah. Well, you don't want all that hard work to go to waste, for sure. <sighs> no. That, the like, peeling potatoes is very laborious. I don't like it when you get, like, the peels on your hands. It yeah. kind of, like, I feel like it makes potatoes kind of aren't, don't have acid in them, but yeah, I'm like, why is this hurting me? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of hands being hurt, I wore one of my mom's rings to the wedding last night, slept with it on, oh. and um, then couldn't get it off this morning. I had to use lotion because my gonna, finger has I was going to say, you're still wearing it. No. <laughs> yeah, so that, um, was, that was good stuff. Is, is everything okay? Yeah. You can speak. <laughs> <laughs> He's just gesturing. Okay. Thanks. Thank you so much. <laughs> love him um well should we talk about the book yes actually wait can i just have one political corner oh my god always okay <laughs> so we um went to church tonight at five thirty, mm-hmm. and i went for the first time to boston college's like chapel or whatever mm-hmm. which is like a pretty like it's not as big as my or as good as my undergrads but it's okay um and I'm sure you've heard about the Pennsylvania police. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I just wanted to say, as a Catholic, that I have been relieved with the response this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, like, today they read, instead of doing a homily, they read a letter from the archbishop, which completely took responsibility for this happening and being like listen like we did not do a great job clearly of protecting children we did not do a great job of making this like something that people could report we did not do a great job of not continuing to cover this up yeah and like this is the time of reckoning and frankly like i'm ashamed to be a part of like, this institution when it's, like, really made some huge mistakes. Wow. And anyway, I was just, like, floored and thrilled. Yeah. That's always, because I mean, that's nice to have someone. It, I feel like it's so rare that organizations actually, like, take responsibility for their actions. <laughs> well, and especially the Catholic Church, who's been covering this shit up forever. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, anyway, and we also, I also got a note from my undergrad about it, which was like of a similar vein. Um, That's nice. And just like very supportive of survivors and like, anyway, I'm just very happy about that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was saying to Brendan too, I'm like, listen, like with these, like it kind of reminds me of how I feel about the police sometimes Mm -hmm. when like, like in general, like I feel like the police are pretty good. Yeah. But then you have a few bad apples who Mm -hmm. are racist and terrible and, like, kill somebody (laughs) wrongfully. And then the police cover it up and then everybody's like, well, then all of the police are bad. Which, like, it's not true, but it makes you suspicious. Whereas I'm like, like, Brendan was like, well, like, you know, if it came out, then, you know, they would have to, like, deal with that publicity. I'm like, yeah, well, now they're dealing with the publicity of hiding it. And now... Every priest appears to be right. Exactly, a child it molester. Like the entire organization, as opposed to like you feeling trust in the organization because they take responsibility for what happened and and are get rid with of it. and get rid yeah. of the bad apples. Like yeah. it's like prune your tree and like yeah, let it, it grow healthy. But now it's like we feel like we have to cut the whole damn tree down because we can't trust any of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Well, because, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me when groups like don't deal with that kind of stuff because it it's like it, they're playing such a short term game where it's like no, we don't you know we don't want people to find out about this and it's like okay, but when they do. Not if, when they do, well, it's really going to be bad. Well, and it's also wrong. Of, like, we're just going to remove this priest from this parish and stick him at another parish and hope that it won't happen again. That's like, not. That's not how it works. Especially I mean, if you've already removed him from a parish before. It's like, why? Even if you hadn't, though. I mean, if you if you have six children reporting this... I mean, yeah. it's not like he's going to be like, well, I've sure seen the error of my ways. Yeah. Like, no, it's not how pedophiles work. No. Ridiculous. Anyway. Disappointing. Mm-hmm. But also, it does give me hope that the Me Too movement is being heard mm-hmm. and is changing the landscape of how this issue is dealt with. And so it gives me some hope for the future. So anyway, that's just like my small political corner that I wanted to throw in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and the issues of politics and sexual assault are not lost in Valley of the Dolls, so. (laughs) No, it's not. They are not. (laughs) Should we, should we talk about them, like the girls, like one at a time, do you think? I think that's how we should do it. Okay. Yeah. But let's, do you want to read the back of the book first? Yes. My book is not next to me. I have mine next okay, to me if you want me to do it. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. At a time when women were destined to become housewives, Jacqueline Susan let us dream. Anne, Neely, and Jennifer are ambitious young women in New York City who become best friends as they struggle to make their mark. Eventually, they climb their way to the top of the entertainment industry only to find that there's no place left to go but down into the Valley of the Dolls. Five decades after it was first published in 1966, Valley of the Dolls remains the all-time pop culture classic, a pioneering work that tackled women's rights, gay rights, drug addiction, and the male literary establishment – with signature flair, going on to become one of the world's most popular novels and an influence on generations of cultural icons. 
power, money, celebrity, and the deadly seduction of prescription pills. 50 years on, a bedtime dose of Valley of the Dolls is just as indispensable and just as gloriously, scandalously fun as ever. I also love that one of the blurbs for this book is from Michael Kors. (laughs) 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 So good. And Nora Ephron, your girl. My fave. Yeah, I do think that this book, like, on a general level, is just, like, so compulsively readable. Like, it's not even, like, I'm in love with everything that's going on. Because, like, I think with all three girls, I'm like, stop what you're doing this instant. Everything's terrible. But I'm just, like, constantly, like, I've got to know what's going on with these ladies and what's going to happen to them. Yeah. Well, okay, so let's start with Anne. Okay. Boring Anne. Oh, wait. Do you want to do favorite, least favorite? Of the girls? Or period? Period. Okay, give me a second. Okay. Of the girls, I'm going to say Jennifer is my favorite. Oh, really? Okay, Neely is my favorite. Okay. Um, But she's starting to irk me. <laughs> um, Period, Henry Bellamy is my favorite. <laughs> I love him. Yeah, he he is great. Like, I feel like he genuinely cares about those three girls. And, like, he's also just, like, very sweet and fun. Um, yes. I would say, like, in terms of me, in like, liking a character for who he is, I would agree with you, Henry. In terms of entertainment value, I like Helen. Oh, Helen's a treat. Yeah. Least um, favorite, um, Jennifer's now ex-husband. Oh, the one who's, like, mentally yeah. tan. <laughs> yes. That is the weirdest it, twist. It's weird, right? <laughs> like, and it Basically, really for those of you not, who have not read the book, they, so, they, like, the from Jennifer's perspective, what is that guy's name? Robbie? Who knows? Something. He's a singer. (sighs) Whatever. I don't remember his name. Jennifer's second husband, basically. She she really wants to marry him, but his sister is, like, constantly around, like, Mm -hmm. to a very abnormal extent. So that, like, she pretty much never has a chance to have conversations with him. Mm Mm-hmm. Alone. And then it turns out, we hear from the sister's perspective, and it turns out that he, this man, has some condition where he's mentally a 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. But, like, functions sexually as though he's mature. And is bodily mature. Yeah, I found that very... He's not actually 10. Yeah, I found that all very disturbing. It's really disturbing, especially since Jennifer doesn't see it. Right. Well, and it's, like, how the sister, like, enables him where she's, like, he makes money as a singer and, like, he doesn't know that he's, like, mentally a 10-year-old and it's, like, this big secret that he has, like, a mental disability. And, but then she just, like, basically lets him, like, paw all these women because he, like, literally assaults Jennifer several times. He literally rapes her. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like... I don't think she realizes no. that it would be rape, but... Yeah, there's some really interesting moments of this book. Well, like, I mean, it's set in the 40s, in, like, the mid-40s. Yeah. Because I noticed okay. on the day, which I only noticed when, like, 
the date. Oh, on the dates of the chapter. Yeah. Because I feel like it's very, like, there's definitely, like, a lot of the issues that are being dealt with in this book, like, ageism and sexism and all that, you know, all the isms that's go that are going right. on. I haven't seen the gay rights part yet. It, yeah, it seemed pretty bad towards yeah, gay me people too. so far. I was like, is it dealing with gay rights in that it's showing us how bad it was? <laughs> I mean, they're throwing around the word fag quite a lot for my <laughs> comfort. And by characters who we're supposed to like, like it's not like we're like, wow, bad news. It's like Neely's throwing it all over the place. That's just like what they call gay people. I'm like, yeah. no, no, no. This is yeah. no good. Um, yeah. Well, and in that way, it's like you can tell. Like one of the things I kind of like about the book, though, is that like you can feel that it was written in the '60s and in like a pop culturey way, instead yeah. of like a book written now that's like instead of being like Mad Men esque, where it's like really polished and like a a back view of like what the sixties were like, this is like, even though it's set in the forties, it just feels very much like you can feel that there are elements of it that are like pretty dated. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and like one of those elements is definitely that like Jennifer does not realize or that we're not meant. I don't think to even, I don't even know if we're meant to see what he's doing to her as assault. I don't, I don't know that we even are. I mean, I can, it's very clear to me. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know that it necessarily would have even been clear in the 60s because I don't think the idea of like having, like having forcible sex with somebody who you're in a relationship would have been considered rape. Right. Like spousal rape is still, or not, I guess is spousal rape not a crime in some states still? I think so. Like, in the 70s, I just watched RBG, which, like, honestly, everyone should go see. I, I, my, I cried through it. My dad cried through the whole freaking thing. <laughs> like, like, I, like, turned to the side, and he's just, like, weeping. And I'm like, what is, what's going on? George. I, I think it's because he's just, I think it's because he's overwhelmed by, like, the doors now open to me in the legal mm-hmm. profession by this woman. So I, I think oh. that's maybe what it was, but um yeah, anyway. Anyway, but they talk about how in twelve states um spousal rape was not considered a crime. Which is like okay. Or like it you could it would not be considered rape if you were married, basically. Yeah. Which is terrible. Yeah. All right, so girl um, by girl, Anne. Boring. Boring, Anne. boring Anne. Anne Although, makes... Like, n- she makes New England look like the Ozarks. <laughs> like, it's like... <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> she makes it sound like it is, like, rural and... Yeah. And Leon's like, no, I, I let's live here. Also... Yeah. So it was funny, like, the change that, like, literally, because it's, like, as soon as Leon is introduced, you know that there's going to be a thing with her and Anne. Like, that's how right. romantic comedies, that's how these kind of stories work. And so right. to me, I was like, when are we going to get rid of her boring fiancé, Alan? Alan. Like, oh, Alan is my least favorite character. He's horrible. <laughs> he's um, so he's bad. Like, you're going to change your mind. She's like, I don't love you. 
And I know like I and I've said it eighty times. I don't want to get married. Like that whole part was bizarre. But so I was like, when are she and Leon gonna start kissing? And then it starts, and I was like, oh, you're in danger, girl. Like this is not good. The way that whole thing went down was actually very surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Because frankly, I didn't think Anne had it in her. No. Well, what's also really interesting to me, and like this is highlighted probably the most with Anne, is like I feel like there's a lot of talk of women as machinery or like definitely like it's highlighting the idea that women are seen largely as objects because Anne worries a lot about not being like a functional woman because it's like she's never been in love and so everyone's like, you're just an icicle and, and then she's never she, been in love. She doesn't like kissing anybody. Yeah, until Leon. <laughs> well, until yeah, that so, Leon. Right, and so she likes it then. And then when she's like finally able to like have an orgasm, and she's like, "I'm, I'm a functioning woman," because she was worried before that she wasn't. And so it's like, who would play Anne in a movie? Like, I mean, if we were gonna do ter- current day Valley of the Dolls. Ooh, okay. Um, like, I feel like it'd be like a Natalie Portman or like somebody who just like looks kind of plain. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's very beautiful. Yeah. I feel like it could be her. Um, hmm. Jennifer Lawrence would play, um, could play Neely or Jennifer. I feel like, I feel like Neely. Yeah. More than Because Neely's, like, I feel scrappy. Like, yeah. And, like, Jennifer Lawrence is very beautiful, but, like, Mm -hmm. with how much emphasis they place on Jennifer's body also, like, I mean, actually, Jennifer Lawrence has a rockin' bod. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I feel like, like, there's nobody who could play her except for Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Or I feel like if you wanted to do, like, a little bit of subversive casting, you could cast Ashley Graham. Or, like, Kate Upton. Oh, Oh, yeah, Kate Upton. Because I feel like it's, like, they basically it's made just it boobs. like, her boobs are the most important part. And But I even like that Jennifer is like, look, I have no talent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all looks, so I'm just Actually, trying to Actually, not even looks. I'm, like, just boobs. Yeah. Straight up boobs. And I get it. Yeah. You know, good for you. Good work for what her. you got, girl. Good for her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> But yeah, Anne is definitely very interesting. And like because she's the first one we're introduced to, I am like, and I think Neely becomes kind of a bummer and so does Jennifer. So it's like Anne's story is like the one that I'm like, oh, okay, Anne's chapters. These are. Ugh, see, for me, I'm so bored by her. I'm like, let's get some more drugs. In yeah, the, I in don't the get mix. her at all. This Anne. Who, Anne? Yeah, she just doesn't. She doesn't do anything the way that I would do it. Well, she doesn't do anything really in a way that makes sense with what we've known about her in the past either. Yeah. Like, because I like I was just very confused by the fact that, which, like, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not placing blame, I'm not judging, but it's very confusing to me that she basically says to Alan, like, I'm not interested, I don't love you. But then goes out with him every night of the week. Yeah. Well, like, I'm she, like, like why? she started to become fond of him. Right. But, like, was the ultimate goal 
to be like, yeah, I could tolerate him. Like, maybe I will marry him. Because it seems like that's what people were telling her to do. But she's like, no, I want to work forever. Yeah. It's interesting. And then, and then it doesn't, like, I don't, like, really understand her obsession with working either. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I, like, I guess, I guess it all comes down to her hating her hometown and, like, the ideas that go with her hometown. So she basically is like, I'm going to do anything against what my hometown would do. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. The whole, she just doesn't want to do, like, what her town expects of her. But, you know, I don't know. I also think it's a little bit harsh for her to, like, not have any feelings for her mother, even though, like, it's not like her mother was abusive. Yeah, I mean. Like, she, she was just kind of, she like, was New cold. England cold. Yeah, exactly. And then she's like, yeah, she died, so. She's well, it's like, Anne, you her. also are New England cold, so. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I do enjoy her friendship with Helen. I think that's a fun shit. That is a fun time. Then it really blows But also up on weird. Her. I'm like, why do all these people like her? I think actually, I think what it is is that all of these like diva women basically are like Anne is very beautiful and Anne is like, you know, somebody who looks good to be with, but she also will never usurp me. No, yeah, exactly. She will never upstage you. She's so boring. Yeah. Well, she's about to become a model. So, which is also something she was like, I, you know, I don't want to. She is, she does fall into that category that's kind of annoying of, um, like, we're told constantly that she's just, like, obscenely beautiful. And she's like, what? I don't even wear makeup. I don't I don't see what all the fuss is about about me. And it's like, shut up. Everyone who's pretty knows that they're pretty. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think, yeah, she's very determined to be, like, kind of dowdy. Yeah. Which she, is fine. Yeah, I mean, like, dress to your heart. But, and. I like how Jennifer is has a compulsive shopping habit and just gives <laughs> Anne all of her clothes because she's like, I just like buying them. Yeah. She's like, I just get tired of it. I mean, Jennifer's kind of fascinating because it's like at first you just think that she's like just kind of a pretty face and then you see that she's had this whole like secret life and she's like on the run and she was with a woman and – Oh yeah, and, like that, that came as a shock to me. Like that she, whole well, I wonder line. if like that's where they're talking about like gay rights because it's like Jennifer is like pretty clearly sexually fluid, like because it's in no way suggesting that she is a lesbian, and it's also not suggesting that like it's like it's it demonstrates that she was like very much into Maria, but then also like interested in men as well. Yeah, but she also, well, I mean, yeah, she, like, the Maria thing is kind of weird because I sort of feel like Maria, like, kept her captive, too. Yeah, there was that whole element of that. (laughs) Yeah, so. Well, I just think that we're constantly shown how these women are valued solely for their bodies and for their looks, and that, like, that both is how they find success in their world, and also is how they are, like completely mistreated 
So it's like everything Jennifer has and everything Jennifer has been punished for is about like her looks, I think. Well, and the other thing that's really like, upsetting to me is that Helen, who's like basically supposed to be like an old fogey. Is 34. Is, like 35 years old? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> And they're like, oh, she really has gained a bit of weight in her old She's age. She's very thick in the waist. <laughs> like, what? I mean, it's like, have you guys seen Jennifer Aniston? Because she is doing great. Yeah. And, and like, J-Lo. 50. Yeah, it's like, sorry. Yeah. yeah, so that, I mean, I'm that's sorry. definitely nice um, to know that we've moved at least a little beyond that. But, yeah, the idea that, like, like, whenever I picture Helen, I literally picture a woman who is, like, Meryl Streep's age. I know. <laughs> I have to remind myself that she's only 34. And it's yeah, like a which, bizarre. Which, like, like the image I have of Helen. A 34 year old doesn't look that different than us. No, they really don't. Because we're supposed to be Jennifer's age, who's like pushing age. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, because they're all trying to lie to say that they're like 19 years old. And I was like, ugh. That seems horrible. Yuck. Yeah. So, I mean, Neely is kind of my favorite because at first you can see, like, she gains fame and notoriety, like, not for her looks, but for her talent. Yeah. But now that she's got fame, it's like she's turning into a total monster. Well, and it's kind of a little bit like a Norma Desmond deal where, like, she's doing so much crap to make herself look the way that Hollywood yeah. needs her to look. And is making herself so sick. Yeah. Like, she basically is, like, subsisting on diet and sleeping pills. Well, and you see, like, how her value system changes. Where, like, before she was like, I just want to work steadily. Like, I don't care if I just do, like, bit parts in shows forever. I just want to work and, like, be with this guy. And we're with Mel. And we're, like, in love with each yeah. other. And it's all going to be perfect. Right. And I'll, like, become a mom. And then now we're seeing that she's like, no, I'm ditching Mel. I'm a big movie star now. I'm going to be with other people. And. Well, and Artie is with other people. She's cheating on him. Yeah. Which I found that sad because I liked Mel. I know. Mel just seemed like the last decent guy. I know. In this book. <laughs> Besides Henry. Oh, Henry. Who's too God old for him. them. Yeah, he's probably also just, like, 35. Like, <laughs> Well, I think he could probably be 40, since yeah. he's probably a little older than Helen. I hope he marries Anne. Henry? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think Anne's going to overdose on sleeping pills. All of them are. I, Anne's well, the I only think, one at this I think point who's not I, I think probably, so, like, Predictions Corner, at least one of them has to die of a sleeping pill overdose. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Jennifer. I was going to say, it probably will be Jennifer because I think she's the Marilyn Monroe. Yes, well, she's the one who, um, that's who Sharon Tate played in the movie version. Oh, okay. She played Jennifer. That makes sense. Yeah. Although, honestly, I've looked at the women on it and, like, they all look the same. (laughs) Yeah, they sure do. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I think... I think Jennifer is probably toast. Yeah. But I think also Jennifer can't be like Anne has to be the main protagonist because Anne has values that mm-hmm. 
are acceptable in the 1960s, and Jennifer does not. Yeah, she's, like, going off to do porn at this point, so I'm like, okay. I know. Well, yeah, in Europe or whatever. Um, yeah, and she's like, what am I going to do, be in regular movies? I have no talent. <laughs> <laughs> no. She reminds me of um, that girl in Manhattan Beach who we liked. Oh, oh. yeah, had the fun friend who was, like, the mistress. Yeah, and, like, had had abortions. What was her name? Oh, God. I don't remember. I, it's something like Mickey or, like, Mitzi or, like... Is her name also Nellie? Mm, it might be. Nell. Yeah, Nell. it is. Nell. <laughs> she was great. Yeah. She reminds me of Nell, kind of, where it's, like, we can enjoy her and spend time with her, but ultimately the storyline we're supposed to be interested in is Anne's. Yeah. Let me also just talk a little bit about Lion. Lion. Leon. Leon. That's what it is. All of a sudden I'm like, what's that name? (laughs) Yeah. Leon is literally guy in your MFA. Yes, he is trash. so annoying. (laughs) Well, and it's like he's so – because I think, like, Jacqueline Susan does such a good job of, like – giving us very small tastes of Leon in the beginning. So it's like you understand his appeal completely. Like he's He would be played by Leonardo DiCaprio, a young Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like you totally get it. Like he is like flirting with Anne in this very like low-key way. Like I would be totally obsessed with him. Oh my God, what if he was played by Idris Elba? <sighs> He'd be so good at it. Actually, like, like, I want Idris Elba to be Henry because I want him to be fatherly and good. (laughs) That's beautiful. Michael B. Jordan could be (gasps) uh, Leon. Oh, my God. With that little smile of his, he'd be perfect. Oh, God. Making me miss that bailiff who looked exactly like Michael B. Jordan and would say, there she is, every time he saw me in the hall. Oh, my God. I would crumble. Listen. I'm a married woman, but it doesn't mean I don't like this. (laughs) Yeah. So I, like, I completely and totally get the appeal of Leon. And then literally as soon as they sleep together, I was like, run for your life. I know. He is trash. He was like, see, actually, no, like. (laughs) I thought he was trash pretty much the first time they had dinner and talked about how he wants to be a writer. Mm. I'm like, all right, Tim O'Brien, get it. (laughs) But. (laughs) You went to war. You have had, which by the way, I think Tim O'Brien's a great writer, and I hope you read The Things They Carried with Your Students. Great book. Mm. But not everyone is Tim O'Brien. Yeah. And you have no writing experience in the past. You've never expressed writing interest. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm giving up everything for my writing. Like, what? It's such... An insane thing to do. He's like, I think you and all my relationships are holding me back from my calling. It's like, you're so annoying. So I'm going to move to Europe and focus on that. Yeah. It's like, just because you're afraid of commitment, Leon, doesn't mean you have to, like, like run across the pond and (laughs) quit your job. (laughs) And live in, like, a cabin with no heat. God, that I have no patience for that kind of crap. No. 
so I guess that's what they mean on the back of the book by what is it like the male literati or something? Yeah, the the male literary establishment. Yeah, <laughs> lol. Well, because, well, it is interesting because for a long time, novel writing was considered something that was like deeply feminine, and I right. feel like it was after like modernism. this is a memoir. What? Wouldn't this be a memoir that he's writing? Oh, right, 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 right. But I just mean like in the 60s and stuff, it's like all the writers were like douchebag dudes, I feel like. Yeah. Well, I just feel like once Hemingway hit the scene, men were like, oh, yeah, this can be manly. Yeah. It's like, this seems great. Like, like yeah, like I just like to pour myself two fingers of whiskey and like get sit down on my typewriter and, you know, after fishing for a few hours. Yeah. And then just all right. be honest. That's and what then I like I smoke cigarettes all day. <laughs> the worst. Sounds great. The worst. Um. So, what's your general vibe of the book so far? Do you you're enjoying it? Yes, I'm enjoying. It. At first, I found it a little boring. Same. Like the first, like, the and the long and chapter. I also hate how it's very not broken up. Yeah, that that does make it hard. Um, but I, I don't know when it was that, like, it, then it started going. Because at first, I think, Probably like after you finished the pages. first and chapter. <laughs> no, it was, like, the first, I feel like, 50 pages or so. I found it, like, a little hard to get into. But then after that, it was, like, very fast reading. Once Leon hit the scene. Mm-hmm. There is raunchy sex in this. Yeah, there is. Also, I will say. It's, well, like, pretty shocking. Like, I imagine this book was a scandal when it came out in 1966. So, I read another Jacqueline Susan book when I was in high school called The Love Machine. Oh. Which is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> and I remember reading it on my Christmas break and being like, oh, I should not be reading this. I'm not allowed to be reading this. But didn't stop me. Um, but it's like, it's in a very similar vein. Um, and I enjoyed it. But this is the, this is definitely the classic though. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I mean, I do think it's pretty shocking that like it's set in the forties and it's like, like pretty sex positive, I think. But it's definitely like like sex realistic. Yeah. In terms of like. The idea that, like, showing women who are, quote-unquote, good girls who are having sex outside of marriage. Yeah. Because Anne, I think, would be, from the beginning, considered a good girl. And I'd say still would be at this point. Yeah. For sure. Um... But I don't know. It's... They're um, all heading for trouble. Every yeah, I think things are going to get, things are going to really fall apart quickly. Yeah, do you think Leon's going to come back or something? Or like... Yes, like, I'm certain he will come back. That's the thing, back. like, where They're not going to get married, even, though. No, it's like, where's Anne's story even going if Leon doesn't come back? No, Leon has to come back. Leon will probably come back married to a French woman like Mr. Big. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think he'll come back. Maybe he will come back attached to somebody and that's going to send Anne right over the edge. Yeah. 
That's my prediction for Anne. I think Neely is going to, like, lose everything. Like, her whole, like, stardom and career. Or, or I like, think Anne's going to have to go back to Lawrenceville, too. <laughs> <laughs> and Jennifer's going to die. So and like... Jennifer's going to die. Jennifer, just because she is the most raunchy character of the bunch, cannot live. Because we well, cannot have women like that around in literature. And she's also the only one that is purely trading on her looks. And it's like, and you see why she's doing it. It's because she's been like totally disenfranchised her whole life. And like her. Well, she also has had like a horrible family. Yeah. And so like, she's just doing what she can to get by. Um, And so it's like, you have a lot of sympathy for her instead of, I think most or like lesser books would have you be like, oh, Jennifer, like she's just like getting off on her looks or whatever. But this well, book shows that, like, women who are doing that are doing it for a reason, not just because they're, like, lazy. I also think Jennifer is actually pretty nice, too. Yeah, she is nice. Like, I mean... She's nice to Anne when Helen is a monster to her. She's also nice to Anne, like, without having any idea really who Anne is. Yeah. Like, she's, I think everyone's nice to Anne initially because they're like, oh, you're engaged to Alan. Yeah. And then once she has that street cred, then she's, like, in with everybody. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't know that Jennifer cares about that. Because Jennifer, I just think, has no friends. Yeah. Um. Well, I think she's been afraid to make friends because she's afraid Maria is going to find her. Yeah. Well, um, I flippantly tweeted that everyone in this book is a Slytherin. I think you're 100% right. I mean, I think – well, I was going to say – I'm not sure Jennifer's a Slytherin. Mm, I think she's a Slytherin still. I think Jennifer might be a Hufflepuff who's just been taken advantage of. <laughs> well, because I don't think that Jennifer actually has that much ambition. I think Jennifer's just trying to stay afloat. Yeah, but I think that is a very Slytherin-y thing to do. And the way that she's like trying to stay afloat is like through notoriety. Right, but she I don't could think have she gotten, really like, cares a cafe about that. job. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, I think she also is being so pumped for money by her mom. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I just think, I think maybe Jennifer. Yeah, I'm going to say Jennifer might be a Hufflepuff. I, I mean, I believe that Henry is a Hufflepuff. That's fair. I could see that. Like, you said he's reminds me of Aaron uh, Ernie McMillan. I said yes. he might r- remind me of Slughorn. <laughs> Either way, I feel like that's fair. Yeah. Oh, Ernie yeah. McMillan. He's my favorite. My favorite little Hufflepuff. I like Justin Finch Fletchley. <laughs> <laughs> From book two when he calls Harry out for sending a snake at him. <laughs> uh-huh. That's what's so good about the earlier book. That's... That one bit, oh, what is it? And I think it's in book six or something in Harry, like, where everyone's, like, talking shit about Harry for being a bad Quidditch captain. He's like, whatever. People have said so much worse <laughs> about me. <laughs> I know. I was like, this is a nice change of pace. Harry. Um, yeah, Anne, like, Anne's a squib. Like, she's so boring. <laughs> 
Like, Anne's, like, maybe a Ravenclaw, I guess. I don't know. Mm. But I think Neely's a straight-up Slytherin. Yeah, she is. She's 100%. She's hustling. But then, but, like, she also has the talent to back it up, which is what I think is nice. Is like, she's working her ass off and, like, always has been. And, like, she is, like, fighting and clawing and, like, doing whatever she can and then, like, but then you see how... She's also not sleeping her way to the top, though, or anything, either. Like, she's no. getting roles because she's good. Right. And, but then you also see how fame instantly changes her. And, like, getting yeah. all the reviews and, like, all that stuff. And you're like, oh, no. Because at first I was like, Neely is the best. Like, she cannot be compromised. I love her. And then when you see that chapter with her and Jennifer, I was like, oh, fuck. She's, like, taking diet pills, and she's only, like, she's, like, less than 100 pounds. I was like, oh, Jesus. This is Yeah, horrible. well, and you see, too, like, she's she's talking bad about, like, that, like, purple taffeta dress that she used to love so much. It's like, oh, Neely, don't lose yourself. I know. She was like, obviously, I have great taste in clothes, and everyone's like, throw everything away. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I found that so endearing. Like, I feel like it is a very endearing thing for a young girl to really believe that she has great style when, in fact, she's buying heinous clothes. Yes, I was one of those. Yeah, same. I was definitely up to no good with my clothes in high school. God, I have this one outfit. We can maybe post it on the Instagram. Like, I just thought I looked so good. I was wearing brown tights with gray socks over them, a a brown skirt, and, like, uh, with a yellow cardigan. Like, it's like, what in a red bow in my hair? I'm like, girl, Perfect. what are you doing? Look, the early aughts were a troubling time to find your fashion in, for sure. I mean, this wasn't even the early aughts. This was, like, high school. Yeah. This was, like, when I was trying to be a manic pixie dream girl and just, like, wear outfits where it's like, that's interesting. Hmm. <laughs> huh. Um. Okay, so the predictions are... Anna's gonna have to go back to Lawrenceville. Yeah. Neely is going to lose everything and basically become a beggar on the street. Yeah. And then Jennifer will die. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know that we're fully heading for a happy ending here. Maybe Henry is going to be doing fine. Oh my god. All Maybe. I can hope for. Yeah. Maybe Alan will be doing fine. God, hate Alan. He reminds me of Buddy Willard too. Like, yeah, hey, I know. Too. You should be so honored to marry me. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, he sucks. But, like, I just don't think Leon's really all that much better. No. Yeah, well, and I think this book is also kind of a commentary on, like, women, you know, like, similar to Jane Austen's time are still very beholden to men. And men in this book are all Suck. pretty much bad. Except for Henry, the one the one good man. Yeah. But even Henry has to, like, do some pretty low stuff. Yeah, like, kick people out of Helen's shows. Yeah. The only woman he ever loved. 
I know. That's very that, sad. That fat 35-year-old. <laughs> oh, God. Like, I guess maybe it's because Botox didn't exist then. So, like, when you were 35, like, I guess, like, maybe you don't have a realistic idea of what 35 looks like on celebrities. Yeah, maybe not. But still, I'm like, I don't know. I actually went to the dermatologist and asked if I could get Botox for my hatchet mark in my forehead. (laughs) What did they say? She said, you can. You also are 26. (laughs) Like... (laughs) She's like, I mean, I'm not going to say no if you want this, but, and well, and then I asked her, I was like, will I still be able to narrow my eyes at people? And she said, no. And I'm like, I'm not willing to give that up. Yeah. No, you need that expression for sure. Yeah. Well, apparently it's one I use the most. I have a deep line there. Whatever. I'll wait until, you know, things get more dire, I guess. Yeah. With it. But for now, I'll leave it. That's probably smart. Yeah. Um. Anyway. I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say about it. No, me neither. Um. But, I mean. So, you're starting law school this week, right? I have orientation on Thursday. So, like, okay. I don't actually start class till next week. But, okay. My job sort starts of start. Monday. So tomorrow, as we're recording this, but I don't know when it'll be posted. Um, Wait, so, you start you start school tomorrow? So the first day of school is not tomorrow, but we have orientation, and then there's like kind of a like week. So we start the Tuesday after Labor Day. That's when the first day of school is. But before okay. that is like it's like kind of a getting ready period. So I'm actually kind of happy about that, and then it gives me a lot of time to like kind of figure out my classroom and also like prepare a little bit more. So that's good. Oh my God. That's so exciting. I know I'm excited, but it's like, it's more the minutia I feel like of teaching. That's really intimidating to me because it's like, I don't like, it's like the day to day plan as opposed to like, I don't know. Like I'm not nervous about like being in the room and like hanging out with ninth graders and 11th graders every day. It's more like actually having a plan of attack and, like, developing assignments and stuff like that. I mean, when in doubt, just do an in-class essay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is the most hated activity. Yeah. Let's just have a discussion. <laughs> yeah, discussion. I had not My junior year, our entire English class was discussion. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I, like, that's what I would really like it to be. Because um, I think that's what's a lot more valuable and that'll help them and, like, getting ideas for papers and stuff. Um, But yeah, so I don't know. I also have to do daily grammar practice with them, which like, LOL. I mean, it's very helpful. I know, it really is. Like, I think it's like such a good idea, but I'm like, oh, I think I'll be learning along with you. Yeah, I mean, I think, I I feel like with a lot of grammar rules, I just have to like reread the page a few times. I'm like, okay, now I got it. Like the difference between that and which, I'm like, okay. I never remember that one. No. Um, oh, you know what I was thinking? Actually, we could talk about this off air. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's all I have to say about this. We'll finish it, you know, soon. At some point. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, thanks for listening. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on our social medias. We like that. Oh, yeah. And actually, I wanted to give a shout out to um, that girl who commented on our post, who is a stranger. Oh, yeah. Stranger I won't comments. use her, her name, but I'll use her Insta handle. Um, and then there was another woman on Twitter who recommended us to somebody who was looking for indie podcasts that were not about true crime, which is something that that is a category we fall into. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, her name is, uh, I think it's Jean Bow. Mm-hmm. Is how I maybe say. I don't yeah. know. Sorry if I pr- pronounced it wrong. Anyway, we loved hearing from you. So thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. All right. Bye. Bye.